1: Mets fans welcome back to amazing Avenue audio the show my name is Brian with me as always is Chris and uh we are in the midst of the Mets 10 game road trip the weekend series in Los Angeles was a split which I think everybody was pretty happy with the three game series in San Diego has been a one and two job which I can say thankfully it's a west coast trip so I didn't have to watch most of those games. Um, the Mets almost lost a couple players to injury. We'll get to all of that in just a minute. But first, let's just talk sort of overall about the seven games on the West Coast so far. The weekend series with the Dodgers looked like what everyone expected it to be, which is, you know, a, uh, a battle of the two best teams in the National League, or at least two of the best teams in the National League, a possible NLDS preview. And, you know, while the Mets did not hit in the first two games, they were fully on board with the bats in the last two that Sunday game was one of the most uh, exciting and riveting end of a game. So we've had this season just a uh, just a, a fun back and forth. And, you know, games like that just, just make this team a lot of fun and like has happened a couple of times for the Mets. They carried that energy into the next game. But then the two games after that have been well, you know, not not so pretty so how how are you feeling about the west coast swing so far are are you are you at all nervous that they dropped two or three or I guess you know not nervous are you are you at all concerned
2: that they dropped two or three to the Padres uh in any any sense I'm not either but go ahead yeah no no not not in isolation Uh, coming into the road trip I think everybody was um I don't know uh, intimidated (laughs) but it's just been a nice reminder that this team can hang with those teams um i know they've had a couple games where they didn't score a run that's not been the norm for them but uh, these things can happen over the course of a the 162 game season and at least they're happening against good teams uh they're still three and four i think bouncing back with those two wins in la after uh losing the first two was a really good sign for this team um and i know they're not the only team in this road trip with injuries they uh, looking ahead slightly for a second they they might miss mike trout for a game or two or three uh significant absence from from the angels lineup if that happens but uh again the mets are doing all of what they're doing right now without max scherzer and without jacob de and at least last night without Pete alonso and Starley Marte in the lineup um I don't know that those two would have driven in a combined 13 runs. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, they're not 0-7. Of course, you would wish that they were 7-0. Uh, I know other teams in the NL East have gotten hot. But the nice thing about what they did earlier in the season was that they entered June with uh, a pretty good cushion in the division. It's far from a lock to last the rest of the season but they were positioned to absorb a losing road trip and they still have the opportunity to finish this as a winning road trip. So, uh, at the end of each game, it's a win or it's a loss. Uh, They won just as dominant uh, dominantly. We're going to make that a word uh, (laughs) (laughs) in the first game in San Diego as they lost the second and third. So, I know the net out of that series was a little bit of a blow to the run differential, but, uh, it's not like they're not capable. Right. No, at, and at the run differential is still
1: third best in baseball.
2: Right. Right. And that could, it, it could be second again soon. It could be first if the Yankees ever cool off, which, um, I mean, just a few days ago, both New York teams had the best records in their respective leagues. And, all teams are going to go through rough patches uh and if this is the rough patch a slightly under 500 seven game stretch against two other contenders that's totally fine that that would be a great low point of the season so
1: yeah especially when you realize that and again we know that other teams have injuries also i'm not downplaying that But the Mets, you know, went into this West Coast road trip without three of their starting pitchers. They lost two of their bats in the second game in San Diego. So, you know, there are some injury issues here at play, and they've had some lackluster performances from Chris Bassett, which we'll get to in a minute. Like you said, even if this road trip winds up a four and six road trip, that's okay. Teams go through bad streaks like this. You know, they they happen. And to call a four and six road trip a bad streak is also a little bit unfair to the concept of bad streaks. You know, it's, it is unfortunate that the Braves have won seven games in a row. It is unfortunate that the Phillies have won six games in a row. The Mets still have a seven game lead. They're still 17 games over 500. This is this is not a time to panic. If this continues for a month, we can talk about it. But I think that getting McGill back this weekend is going to help a little bit. I think that Alonso and Marte not going on the I.L. is a good thing until inevitably one of them goes on the I.L. in two weeks or a week and a half, which is what the Mets do. They don't put someone on the the I.L. and then they play a game or two and then get hurt again. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But that seems like the Mets mojo, that sort of stuff happens. Um, But yeah, I'm not particularly worried. You know, I, I think that the most worrisome part of the road trip to me so far has been Chris Bassett's performance. Uh, I was looking at his baseball reference, and you got to give me a minute here to to pull this up, but the the last couple of games have not been kind to him. So he went – this does not have last night's game in here yet, but he lost the game he pitched on June 3rd against the Dodgers. He won the game he pitched on May 29th against the Phillies but lost the game against the Giants – that he started on May twenty fourth. So he's in a little bit of a slump right now. He has given up. uh, Let's see, eight earned runs against the Giants, only two against the Dodgers, uh, sorry, three against the Dodgers rather, but then a boatload last night as well. So, you know, obviously pitchers go through dead arm periods. Pitchers have little streaks. When do you start to get truly worried about Bassett? Is it three bad starts in a row? We're at two right now. Is it three in a row that you get worried? um
2: yeah i mean right now it, it, looking at the game log it's more uh, three of the last four starts have been bad before that everything was fine there were a couple starts that weren't amazing but um yeah i i almost want to say if and when hopefully uh the mets play Against a West Coast team in the playoffs, maybe just pitch Bassett in Queens. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> I, I, I don't know, and it's it's bizarre for a guy who, who played who his whole career on the West Coast until this point. Right, <laughs> right. But his West Coast ERA right now is um, very high. Without doing math in my head early in the morning, uh, but <laughs> the San Francisco, LA, and San Diego trio of starts has has been bad. I mean, the,
1: the L.A. start really wasn't all that bad. He went six innings, gave up three earned runs, struck out eight. You have two home runs, which is
2: not great, but that, that wasn't right. a terrible start. Yeah, no, no. And if that one didn't have the other two around it, um, you know, we wouldn't – or I wouldn't be lumping it in with, right. with it. But, uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's not ideal, but I'm just looking to make sure that uh, that this is backed up by – what I think I've seen, but I I think his velocity has been steady. Yeah, I mean, if anything, he's been throwing harder over the last six or seven starts than he did in his first uh, few with the Mets. So there's nothing here. There hasn't been any appearance of injury. There hasn't been a velocity uh, drop, uh, anything like that. Um, I think it's just a reminder that Baseball can, can do this to anybody. And, uh, yeah, look, even, even Mike Trout second time mentioning him on the podcast, but even Mike Trout had uh, a slump last week, which is something that has very rarely happened to him, but, uh, it can happen to anybody. And it's weird. Uh, uh, Gary mentioned it during the broadcast last night, uh, referred to sort of like a slumping pitcher. It's not something we usually say, right. but, uh, it, it feels accurate and uh, his next time out uh, should be against the brewers right uh, yeah he won't it's just one day off um so he's not going to he's not going to face the angels but he'll get the brewers at home um, well there are two days off there's day off today and day off monday oh yeah yeah and yeah, no, i i meant just before Yeah. Uh, oh i as before those games with the angels yes yeah and and it's only a three game series i it, Really, I'm not a fan of a four game series in the regular season. I, I, I like the odd number. I like the way that you can either win or lose that series. Uh, totally happy with the split with the Dodgers, given that was the schedule. Uh, but I don't know. There's always uh, those series feel weird to me <laughs> in a regular season. Um, but the way the schedule is, there are four and five game series this year. But yeah, I think. I think there's no reason to think that Bassett will continue to get shelled, um, and he seems like a guy who has a decent perspective on all of this, and somebody who's pretty dedicated uh, and and has a lot of clubhouse respect. You know, we've mentioned earlier in the season players talking about him and how he commands the room, like Scherzer or Degrom. Uh, which is saying a lot. So it, you just – you know he's good and and you just kind of give it time and and let it play out and, uh, yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. If something changes with either – you know, if the home runs continue to be a major issue that, or get worse or if we learn there's some minor nagging injury or – the fastball goes, you know, down into the lower nineties or, or, or lower than that. Okay. That I'm starting to get concerned, but, uh, I think he'll correct his course and, uh, you know, these few starts, maybe he won't finish with a two point something ERA for the year, but there's no reason that he can't improve on his, uh, foreign change that he's at right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And,
1: you know, like always with baseball, the the randomness of baseball and the way the schedule plays out, these three starts spread over three months would be no cause for concern whatsoever. But because they're clumped in a relatively close proximity, it seems like it's more problematic. So until this becomes an everyday, every start problem, you know, until he starts looking like any number of Mets pitchers from the mid 2000s or the mid aughts, I think the mid 2000s teens, rather, you know, I I think we can still have confidence in Bassett. Uh, We should mention that it appears that Tyler McGill is going to start a game this weekend. It's been a minute since McGill pitched. Do you have any uh, any particular thoughts on Trevor Williams versus David Peterson remaining in the rotation when he comes back?
2: Uh, Good question. That's something I had really considered. But I think it would be Peterson who I'd leave in, uh, which is not something I would have expected to say. They've, they've both done an admirable uh, job, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think Williams has just shown, not not that he's like the best multi-inning reliever, but of the two, he's the guy who I'm a little more comfortable with in that role. Yeah. Um, And I I don't know, maybe I'm being deceived a little bit just by straight up ERA, but it's, Peterson's been a little bit uh, better by that.
1: Well, I I I think that there's a, uh, there's a bit of, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Williams' first start or first game back was really, really rough. And so his ERA suffered because of that. Whereas I feel like in terms of in-game action, they've been pretty equal so far. They've both been perfectly cromulent starters for the Mets. And but, but I do think you're right. I think that if you're if you're talking about sending one of them to the bullpen, I think it makes sense for that to be Williams as he has shown a better proclivity for being a relief pitcher. However, if you're sending one of them to AAA, I think I would send Peterson down.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is an option. I mean, Pun intended with him, but uh. <laughs> yeah, and it sucks. It's like, Oh, Hey man, you, you got a two point nine seven RA on the season, but we need you to be that six starter. So enjoy Syracuse for a bit and, and then we'll have you back. Um, I believe Williams is out of options now, right? Yeah, he is. The, the other argument here too, it, it sucks. When you look at it and you're like, okay, you've been so successful at certain things that you're going to get demoted to the bullpen. If, if, the pitcher happens to look at it that that way. And I think a lot of them do, unless they make that full-time switch. Uh, But Williams has been excellent at limiting walks this year. And for whatever reason, I think we all hate when a reliever comes in and and starts walking guys. Um, So uh, when I look at the overall picture, the fact that Peterson has somewhat of a walk issue should probably concern me more than it does but uh yeah i'd have a slight preference for the guy with the lower walk rate and a little bit better track record of, of relieving uh being the one who goes to the pen and uh, it, it's a good problem to have absolutely it's nice that, it's nice that we're not like dfa williams and send yeah. peterson back <laughs> let me pitch twice every five times you know <laughs> Every five I mean, games.
1: This is going to be an issue when DeGrom and Scherzer get back because it looks like their Mets are going to be with six starting pitchers, not counting Peterson and and Williams. And uh, I guess you send McGill
2: down at that point? Maybe? Yeah, or just let him throw some relief innings, an option, or, you know. Yeah. A reliever. But then, then I guess it gets more philosophical about uh, – are they trying to sort of balance his innings load over the course of a season? It doesn't matter if he's fully stretched out or not. How, you know, how do you get a guy in often enough that he could jump right back into the rotation? But I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's been too good to, and, and yeah, that might sound unfair to the other pitchers. I mean, McGill did see his, uh, era take a bit of a bump before he got hurt. But yeah, I, I I don't know, I would prefer not to send him down if possible. Yeah, it's it it like, I, like we said,
1: these are good problems to have the Mets have a lot of pitching right now. And for the most part, it's been pretty good. I also wouldn't be surprised if just the way that baseball works, these things get worked out, and somebody gets hurt. And so it, it's not an issue in, in terms of sending someone down or, or putting someone to the bullpen because there may just be an instance of somebody just getting, you know, just getting hurt or, or even someone just needing a rest and getting a phantom IL spot for a couple of days, something like that. Um, these things just tend to happen in baseball.
0: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. dot Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Boyd were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Speaking of uh, injuries, we had two somewhat scares on Tuesday night's game with the uh, Padres. Starling Marte tried to steal second base, got thrown out in the process and hurt his left leg in the process. His quad was stiff, so he, he played the next half inning but then came out of the game, and then I believe it was the half inning after that, Pete Alonso was hit in the right hand, looked like a pretty nasty hit by pitch, and there was thought that he might have to miss some time. But aside from sitting at that game and the next game, it appears that he is going to stay off the IL too. No bruises, no breaks, just a lot of swelling. Um, not no bruises, sorry, no no breaks no fractures just a lot of swelling in his hand so that's that's good watching that game I thought one or both of them was going to hit the aisle did
2: you agree uh yes (laughs) Marte definitely looked like he would to me the uh, we we know those leg injuries are uh, a little bit tough so we've seen quads and hamstrings and and all that many times over the years so a player getting up sort of banging on his quad a little bit, trying to stretch it out, trying to get out in the, in the field and play, and then realizing it's just not working that I would still be surprised with that one. If it doesn't end in an aisle stint, mm-hmm. um, Alonzo felt more of 50 50 in the moment where, uh, as somebody who was a Jeff Bagwell fan, in addition to having Mets fandom as a kid, um, uh, Bagwell had multiple instances where he got hit by pitches on the hand uh, and then wound up wearing that big pad on it afterwards to, to try to prevent more broken bones in, in his hand from it. Um, you may remember some of the sounds that it made in the Home Run Derby. Uh, yes. In the 90s. Um, so yeah, that, but despite that history of seeing it happen to Bagwell, it just seemed a little more you you just don't know uh, you could watch a replay and go like oh wow that looked terrible but it, it just happened to not break a guy's bones or you know or it did so when they said x-rays were negative the night of uh that that was encouraging and i understand yeah. wanting to take a deeper look to really make sure um but yeah that, that's dodging a big bullet and that it's Dom Smith has hit respectably since he was sent down to Syracuse. J.D. Davis is not a first baseman um, <laughs> in the time we've seen, especially uh, trying to track down foul pop-ups. Not not his best skill as a baseball player. They can cover for Marte a little bit better, I think, despite that still having some flaws in it. Uh, but they can still cover that a little bit better than... Uh, Any prolonged absence from Alonso, who is just driving in runs and hitting home runs, and um, just been awesome—maybe the, the Mets' most valuable position player so far, or at least up there with Lindor. You know,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean that that definitely rings true for me. I think if you lose Alonso for a couple of weeks, that severely impacts the the lineup in in, not just in his contributions, but just in the respect that he brings in the middle of the lineup, whereas Marte, I think, is a little bit more of a wild card in terms of what you're going to get out of him day in, day out from an offensive perspective. And, you know, I know that Khalil Lee apparently is on his way or or rather was was joined the team last night so that they could have an extra outfield option. Um which of course wound up biting them in the ass because they had their down a reliever because of uh, Bassett's performance not going well. They could have used the extra reliever, but you know, again, these things happen to teams, and it's okay. I'm just glad that there hasn't been that neither of those guys have landed on the IL yet. Although I, I, I'm with you. I think that Marte maybe, maybe does wind up there eventually. Um, so going into this series with the Angels, the Angels are looking quite bad right now. They fired Joe Madden, the second major uh, sort of you know, superstar manager fired in the last couple of weeks. We had uh, your friend of mine, Joe Girardi fired from the Phillies and, (laughs) uh, and now the angels lost uh, Joe Madden after, and they're in the middle of a 14 game losing streak. So the Mets should be able to go in and feast on the angels. At least that's the hope, right? You hope that the team can go in there and just figure out just, just how to put up a couple of more wins on the, uh, on the ledger before heading back into New York for the homestand, uh, it looks like the infamous TBD is pitching Friday against McGill, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I is Otani lined up to miss them?
2: Um, I'll, so, I Utah. think he is. I, I I believe he pitched either Tuesday or Wednesday night. Either yeah, which I, should take him out of. Yeah, so as I said, tomorrow there is just
1: TBD going. Let's see who is scheduled for Saturday I mean I guess if you pitch Tuesday. TBD TBD on Saturday as well and let's see who's going Sunday (laughs) look at that TBD so who knows who the angels are throwing out there yeah we could could get Otani on Sunday
2: yeah it's possible they do still tend to give a little more time between starts are they still uh, they I have not paid that close attention to the angels other than their absolute downward spiral here but um, I don't know if they're still rolling with a six-man rotation on a regular basis, but there's there's definitely more days between Ontani starts than you would typically see, yeah, uh, for a starting pitcher. So, uh, did you see the bit of Angels news from last night?
1: That is the perfect segue into our music uh, recommendations. Um, I don't think I did. <laughs> so they were trying to, to get their mojo going, right? And so they decided to do something that I can only describe as cursed, which oh. is that they went with all Nickelback walk up songs.
2: Yes, <laughs> that, didn't work.
1: That, no, it didn't work. And who, th- who would have thought it possibly could have? <laughs> That's like saying I have diabetes. Let me eat a pound of sugar for dinner. There's yes. no reason to do that. Uh, yeah, bad just bad. So uh, yeah, that's sort of the state of the Mets right now. Anything else you want to talk about
2: before we get to our music picks? No, no, I think uh, despite the uh, my last thought on the upcoming series. Two weeks ago, everybody's looking at the schedule afraid of all three teams that the Mets are facing on this road trip. Uh, I know what the Angels have done. I know they may be without Trout for another couple days. But I don't want to hear that, oh, they only beat the Angels now. uh, It it, it feels like they should. And if they do, just like when they beat up on the Nationals, they should just get credit for, uh, hey, they caught a team while they were struggling, and they took advantage of it. That's what good teams do. That's all. So I don't want to hear, oh, well, they won the road trip, but they had a losing record against the Padres and Dodgers. That's all that matters. Like, nope, you don't get to be afraid of the whole road trip, and then change that after after the fact so that's my last thought
1: on that a fine thought it is my friend a fine thought it is what is your music
2: recommendation for this week so uh inspired by we saw michael jorgensen do a solo improvised piano set uh early at solid sound and most of it most of it didn't do it, but but uh, it was a great set. But most of it didn't have this link, except one song, uh, maybe two or three songs before the end of that set. There was just a, a a stretch of it where it reminded me a little bit of Brad Meldow, which is definitely mm-hmm. a compliment. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, so Meldow, I've seen several times over the years in a couple different formats. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't think I've ever actually seen him solo live but he did put out a record live in tokyo back in uh 2004 my goodness but i remember uh, it, that record, yeah it, it's it's really good it starts with uh nick drake cover things behind the sun uh it covers thelonious monk uh, obviously legendary ends with another nick drake cover and riverman but the real highlight of it all and and I know this sounds weird to say something else as a highlight when there's a Thelonious Monk song on a record, <laughs> but there's a 19 and a half minute cover of Paranoid Android by Radiohead, and it is yep. so good. It's just like uh, to take to take that and and do what he did with it uh, alone uh, on, on one instrument. It's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, so yeah, it, it, inspired by... A different artist but certainly a record that is worth listening to and uh i've always thought this record has a sort of versatility despite it sounding the same uh every time you play it of course um it can work for like quieter relaxed or if you blast it it can be an ener- energizing record um not a lot of records can can kind of do that, <laughs> you know, yeah. like if you put on Metallica low, it's just going to be like, well, turn it up, what, <laughs> what are you doing, but you, you can you could fall asleep to this record uh, in, in, a, in a good way, or you could have it energize you in the morning. And I, I think that is um, a kind of cool thing about it. So Brad Meldow live in Tokyo. An excellent pick. Uh, I'm also going on the jazz route
1: today. Um, so there was a record that came out last month by a band called The Smile, which is uh, Johnny Greenwood and Tom York of Radiohead, along with a drummer from, that i never heard of from a band called Sons of Kemet. And so I liked The Smile record, but I wanted to dig into Sons of Kemet. It's a jazz band with two drummers, a tuba player and a saxophone player. That's the full lineup. And uh, So I happened to just look them up, and there was a record that came out in 2018 called "Your Queen Is a Reptile." I saw some good words written about it, so I thought, "Let me check that out," and it blew me away. It's really cool. It is. It sounds. I, I I I was trying to describe, sort of the the one of the things I love about a two drummer band, which is that you can both keep and break the rhythm at the same time where there's 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 this sort of steady backbeat, but there's also somebody who's able to fuck with that backbeat a little bit. And just it adds this rhythmic complexity. I don't want every band to be a two drummer band. Like, I think, for instance, ACDC would be ruined with the addition of a second drummer. Um, (laughs) But, you know, when when that works, I think it's a really, really cool thing. And using the tuba as the bass in this just adds a very different sound. I mean, obviously, tuba has been used as a bass instrument in jazz for decades but not in sort of the, I've never heard it in this format of jazz before which is a little bit more free and not as uh, I, I think of tuba in like Dixieland and big band jazz whereas this feels very much mo- very modern and very fluid and uh, just a really really fantastic record they're actually breaking up this summer but they're playing a free show in Central Park at the end of July so if you want to hang out come find me there And yeah, Your Queen is a Reptile by Sons of Kemet. I can't recommend it highly enough. And uh, that will do it for this week's Amazing Avenue audio of the show. Thank you so much for listening. We truly, truly appreciate it. Go to AmazingAvenue.com for all your Mets needs. Podcast news analysis, etc. We had a piece up this week by Michael Drago about uh, possible All Stars for the Mets. It seems like that's far away. It's not. We are about a month out from the All Star break, which seems crazy, but that's what happens. Uh, Amazing Avenue is also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. This show can be found on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get podcasts, we're there. Please rate, review, and subscribe to it. Uh, Chris is on Twitter at Chris McShane I am on Twitter at Brian Needs a Nap and until next time let's go Mets